robots, roll out. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Alright everyone, welcome back to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. We're still here and well everyone else is gone. So instead we have special guest hosts, Bob Defendi and Nathan Croft, and then we have James Wymore joining us to talk about Immortal Works, which is a new uh, publishing company that is now out there. And and Nathan is also a submission editor for it as well, if I'm not correct. Yeah, acquisitions editor. Acquisitions. Alright, for some reason you're quiet, so maybe I'm gonna have to move you to the yellow green mic. Sure. Just take the peak. If if you're really worried, just take the, take the pink <laughs> fuzzy. <laughs> that way, it's okay too. There we go. I can it's hear you much also, better. Also a favorite. Yes, you you have to almost eat it though. Both favorites. Yeah. So, all right. Um, so tell us about Immortal Works. I know we kind of talked about it at Comic Con, but then my recorder went weird and haywirey, and for some reason you're the only recording that it lost. It was weird. Well, that happens to me all the time. I have yeah. this um, unwanted mutant power. To bring sirens to yes. a podcast. <laughs> sirens are coming in. It'll get worse before it gets better. Yep. And, and there it is. The flashing lights and everything. It's awesome. Hopefully that I can edit that out. But hey. They really don't. Not, they're they're not looking for me. No, they're not for no. you. Okay. It's That's Jason. That's why Jason like, isn't here. Yeah. 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 So, so Immortal Works. <laughs> Immortal Works Press, yes. yes. Well, it was kind of Jason King's brainchild, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he just happened to know a handful of people that, that when all brought together, would make a, a company. So, he had, you know, he knew somebody that He's ran been in the business. industry forever, hasn't he? Jason? Yeah. Uh, several years, yes. Not forever. Really feels oh, like I mean, he's not like seventy or anything. But no, no, no. <laughs> but I, I think he's he's been a published author for a while. He's been working as an acquisitions editor, and so, but he, he knew somebody that was a businessman, mm-hmm. and some people who had marketing and programming skills and such. And it just he's like, hey, everybody's in one place, and so he did it. He's like, yeah. let's make a press. Really, it's the people you know, right? Yeah. And he, Jason, knew everybody. Nice. Or just the right combinations of everybody. That's what happens when you're always out selling your book. I mean, he's he always seems to be everywhere. It's like every time I look at Facebook, he's somewhere else this weekend selling his book, and it's like, wow, it's crazy. So pound in the pavement, he is. And they knew him too. Yeah, Just they knew to him. Make sure that's out there. Yeah, right. Yeah, it wasn't a one-sided thing. They <laughs> Sometimes knew each that other. happens, but yes. not this case. Yeah, well, that's not the list he chose from. Right. right. There is yeah. a list of people that he knows them, and they don't know that he's there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. What type? I mean, what type of books are you guys going to be publishing then? That's a great question. Actually, it's it's um, we've actually defined a kind of different type of audience description. Okay. From most of the presses I've seen, and it it flows out of a conversation I've had with many authors who feel like they wrote a book with a young adult protagonist, but it was really meant to be for older readers. Yeah. Or they maybe wrote a book for adults 
or with an adult protagonist for younger readers or I mean it's a common thing that that there's authors who are like I feel like this isn't just for you know three three ages I feel like it's it's got a wider appeal Mm -hmm. but the marketing of the industry now has kind of turned into this thing where everybody has to write a book for one or two years older than the reading audience and you have to have very it's kind of pigeonholed all of the age groups and um and so based on conversations i've had and heard where people said that that doesn't fit what they wanted to write but then when they get to try to market their work they can't find a home for it no no i understand that i have a friend that she actually she's having problems with that now because you know her book it's about kind of uh, the protagonist is like 15 15 Mm -hmm. 16 but it's really an adult book and they're having her agent is really struggling trying to get it anywhere because they're like it's not really adult and it's not really young adult so where do we put this and it's like it's an adult book it it has adult themes it's adult right so dan wells uh serial killer books yeah you know they were he wrote them as a as adult books adult not like you know yeah. You know, wow, wow, adult. But, you know, uh, yeah. for grown-ups. He wrote it for grown-ups. Uh, they have mature themes like murderers. Yeah. And, um, and, but his, his protagonist is 15 in the first book, I think. 15, yeah. I think. Yeah. John Cleaver. And, and uh, so they put him in young adult. And it worked out for him, but mostly in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Because Germans. <laughs> well, Apparently they like serial killers. Look at Netflix and Netflix. <laughs> I mean, all the shows. All, but a lot of shows are doing kind of the same thing. I yeah. Mean, Stranger Things, it, a bunch of kids, and that's who we love to watch. I mean, the, you know, the grown-up characters are great too, but those kids are what make that show. Oh, if I yeah. see a TV show, and it show, is not a kid show. If I see a TV show or a mother with, or a, a, not a, mother, a TV show or a movie with a uh, young male protagonist who's really smart, I know that no matter how bad the movie is, my mother will love it. She just loves young, smart little boys. I mean, that's just her thing. Okay. And she'll just watch any. She'll just eat up any show where the protagonist is a is a, is, a, is a young man who's really smart. It's because they remind her of you. Probably. I mean, yeah. seriously, she had one kid, and he was a you know, it was precocious boy. I mean, <laughs> honestly, it's got to trigger off her maternal thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there's a long list of classical literature or mm-hmm. well-known literature like Ender's Game yeah. or The Hobbit, where the protagonist does not match the target audience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yet they're incredibly important works. Yeah. Right. And so with, with that concept in mind, we realized that as a small publisher, we could afford to not follow the, the big box trends. We yeah. could afford to say, hey, this is what we want. Mm-hmm. We want books, and we're calling it general audiences, but we don't mean rated G like a movie. We mean books for teens and adults, yeah. where the protagonist can be any of those ages. It's appropriate for teens to read, but it is interesting for adults. Yeah. You're talking about broad appeal. Right. Nice. And one of the other things that's kind of unique about you, because I mean, you guys are a little bit smaller because you're starting out, but you guys... We're very, very small yeah, right you now. You guys are planning on doing <laughs> audiobooks for all your books. Right. Every book will be released as, as an audiobook as well. Which is just amazing because most small in-house companies don't do that. No, but honestly, everyone I talk to, that's what they, that's what they quote, read, unquote. Yeah. I mean, people are busy now. Yeah, they and, are. And I if mean, you're driving to work and you like books, that's where you get them. You get them on audio. That's the only way I can read anymore is because I'm so busy. It's like, okay... Turn the audiobook on, 
up until Bob, you know, let me know that you can read it at double speed. I didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, I'm going through books faster now. But yeah, I used to have to wade through those. I, I, I read, I read, physically read about one book a month, and because I have a lot of comics, I'm on a comic book podcast. Yeah. I've just got a lot of reading after RPG books, um, but I go through three audiobooks a week. Yeah, it makes it so much nicer. You guys are pretty hardcore. I can only do 1.25. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe 1.5 if the reader's really slow, but at 2, I'm just, like, not in the game anymore. (laughs) But he is precocious. Yeah, when I, you know, I'm at work, and I'm just pounding the keyboard, and that's just playing. It gets rid of all the background noise and that, and I can focus, and I can pay attention to what I'm doing and listen to the story. It, it, It works great. I mean, I pause it if something blows up on the computer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, If something bad happens, it does get paused. Occasionally, I find myself backing up because I'm like, I think I missed something important. Yeah. yeah. But that's easy. You just click, boom, done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, Hit rewind, you know, go it's, back I, a chapter. I, I almost say it's easier with an audiobook than it is an actual book. I mean, you know, yeah. the thumbing through the pages. But, I mean, that's hard, no different than when I'm reading a book because I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. That, that, then I, you know, you flip back and, oh, yeah, that did happen and yeah, reconnect I, the dots. I haven't noticed anything happening for three exits. So, I mean, that's really cool. So, I mean, what other plans do you have as far as how people submit, you know, titles to you? Is it, you know, is it very strict or is it pretty much, hey, just send it to us and we'll look at it? Oh, yeah. You don't need to wait for an invitation. We have have all of our submission information online at www.immortal-works.com slash submissions. Uh, And it's pretty specific. Mostly it's the audience thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if if people write for our audience, they know it and they find us. I think I, the submissions we've been getting so far, people are kind of like, "Yes, finally, someone understands me." <laughs> nice. <laughs> Whereas sometimes people are like, "Wait, what are you talking about?" I'm like, "Probably not you." Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I wrote this really great, you know, twelve year old romp through the woods. I'm like, "Probably not you." Yeah. And that's okay. There's places for you know. Yeah. But there's places for that book to go. And we actually, this is kind of a side pet project that we're imprinting called Inconceivable Works. And this is actually just my baby, but Jason was nice enough to let me run it with the okay. the logo. But um, I, I've always wanted to run a publisher of just twist ending books. Oh, so that's what that post was about. That's what it is. Very and interesting. It's, I know that's weird, you know, because you're like, well, once you've seen The Sixth Sense yeah. or whatever... It's it's no longer a surprise. Yeah. And so if somebody's calling it out, you're you're publishing under twist ending, then the readers are going to be looking for it, which yeah. means you got to up your game. Yeah. I I'm not expecting to do a ton of books under that imprint, but I think it would be really awesome for my personal because I just love those books. And it, so it depends upon how much you've drawn in. <laughs> Have I told you about my Ender's Game experience? <laughs> no. So. I had two friends tell me that I had to read Ender's Game, right? And I'm reading Ender's Game, and I'm loving it. I'm completely enthralled, right? So we're at a play rehearsal. I'm waiting for the rehearsal to start. I'm 50 pages from the end. And one of my friends comes over, and she goes, oh, how, how close are you to the end? I'm like, oh, I'm 50 pages. She goes, huh, i got to see your reaction. And I went, ah, oh, crap, now I know how it ends. <laughs> you know, I hadn't, I hadn't put it together because I was so into the book. But now that I realize I'm 50 pages from the end, there's only one way this book can end. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, and like it's kind of experimental mm-hmm. because you know if you look like like a mystery, if you're looking for who done it, the author has to work a little harder. 
Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and, but I would, just for myself, I would love to see what kind of things people can do. Whenever I ask for something as an editor in the past, I'm always impressed by what I get back. I always love that authors take it farther than I imagined. And yeah. so I just thought, I'm going to put this out there. And if somebody, you know, catches the vision or maybe they already wrote it, I'll, that's, I think it'd be awesome to put out. You know, just mm-hmm. because I, as a reader, if you start to be able to trust this, this is what I want and this is where it's coming from, mm-hmm. you go back. And I think that's kind of, that's kind of our goal. Um, brand marketing is, is becoming a hard thing to do. People don't go on and buy the whole album anymore. They yeah. just buy the song. Yep. And, and the same thing's happening with books. A lot of mid-list authors are getting day jobs because people aren't buying the author anymore. You have to, you know, reach something higher every single book. And yeah. because of that, I mean, it, it still happens, yes. I'm not saying never. But as a rule, that's changing. And so I think if we provide something that they know they want then rather than looking for a certain author or a certain genre, they can, they can find it with us, and that yeah. might work. Well, and, and accessibility is a lot is what's made that. I mean, like you said, with iTunes, you just go, you can download the one song now. It used to be if you wanted the, that song, you had to go buy the cassette or the CD or right. whatever physically to get that, and now you don't have to. Well, unless you... Well, I guess you could have recorded it when it played on the, the radio, but then you had to sit there with your cassette player and waiting for it to come on and hit <laughs> oh, record. Oh, that's so old school. I know. <laughs> I, know. I totally did that. I, totally I know. Did. I did too. In fact, but, I was irritated when they would start talking before the, the song completely oh, faded I know. out. Yeah. So I would like, hate yep, I, yep. There's a rule in my house that whenever you drive somewhere and you're listening to the music in the car, if there's like 30 seconds left of the song when you park the car, you sit and finish that song. You oh, yeah. get out until the song is over. Wait until the song's over. Because I hated that so much, that whole MTV thing that just... Yeah. It's crazy. You're young that you call it the MTV thing. (laughs) (laughs) When I was a kid, MTV played music videos. I know. (laughs) MTV doesn't play music videos anymore. Neither does VH1. (laughs) You go to YouTube for that. (laughs) Which is just crazy. I remember when you had to get your videos at... Four in the morning on yes. Channel 15, <laughs> and you liked it. Yeah. When Thriller was top of the charts, it was on at midnight every single day. Yeah. Well, I, we had a discussion about, you know, um, at Comic Con, but we should have recorded it, but we were talking about running to, you know, the video store. You know, at Friday, you got out of school, uh-huh. you ran to the video store to get the latest game. So yeah, that, was, that went on one of your recordings. Oh, was it? Yeah, okay. yeah I, I heard it this week. Yeah, because you, 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 know, you went on Friday because you got it the whole weekend. Otherwise, yeah. you had to come back the next day. Plus, if you waited two hours, yeah. everybody else got the good ones. Yeah. 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 So that, that was crazy. But, you know, my kids are like, what the heck's a video store? And, you know, it's what Redbox used to be. But it was oh, a giant store. I found one in some really, really small, like, backwoods town we were Mm -hmm. driving got off the freeway to get gas and stuff you know and we're walking through and they had a video store in one of the 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 like grocery stores is like 55 yeah Yeah. seriously (laughs) and my kids were like so you can't buy these (laughs) they're not for sale no you You have to bring them back they're like what if somebody gets it dirty (laughs) it's like the library yep except for with videos and you have to pay for them yeah it's just strange you know it's like going I, I, my kids they're they're complaining about doing the reports and having to search Google and I'm like 
You want to complain about your reports? I had to go to the library and get an encyclopedia and search <laughs> through and hope that you know my encyclopedia was there and someone wasn't using it. We had to have a card catalog yeah. class. Yeah. yeah. I'd have oh, a yeah. class to use a card catalog to find whatever we needed. And then you, you had to, to use the, the card catalog yeah. to ask for periodicals from the library yes. to write your paper. Yeah. Because they wouldn't let you take them. No, nope, you couldn't check them you out. You could get copies. Yeah. But you can't touch our yeah. stuff. You had, to, you you had to either stay in the library and write everything by hand because, you you know, you didn't have typewriters or laptops or iPads or anything like that. Oh, and if then... You, if you want to have fun, if you're a student at the University of Utah, you can go to the rare and old book collection mm-hmm. and then ask them to see an original by Francis Bacon or... You know, it's pretty cool. But they freak out. <laughs> <laughs> like, they'll do it. They're like, okay. And they stand there. They make sure you're wearing the gloves. Like, don't touch the page that way, please. It's like, all right. Wow. Like, I'm not having a very good reading experience with you sitting over me. They don't care. Wow. Yes. Like, they'll, they'll but it's awesome. Good, you want a good reading experience? This book just got published this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. They're like, all this stuff is free online. Why are you doing this? I'm like, because I love old books. Because it, Why do you have them? There's nothing like holding a book and flipping the page. And the exactly. Smell. And the smell. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But it is weird when they're standing over your shoulder like, please don't touch the page that way. You're yeah. like, what did I do? <laughs> so, so with the books you guys, you guys are going to be releasing, um, you're, I'm assuming physical books, yes. e-books. Yes. We've already talked about audio books. So what is, I mean, how much control is the contributing author going to have? Because, you know, I, I've heard some stories where, you know, you, you send the book away and you have no say over the cover. You have no real say. And then oh. the editor just kind of rearranges your story and it's sometimes nothing like what you originally envisioned. Well, having been an editor for another publisher, yeah. I can tell you that um, some authors really, really should not be allowed to say what they want on their cover. Okay. They have bad taste. Gotcha. And or their marketing sense is horrible. Other authors are very, very good mm-hmm. artistically at knowing what's going to sell on a cover. So, of course, you know, you take into account what they say. Mm-hmm. But as a publisher, your main goal is to make this a marketable, uh, monetizable item, yeah. product. And so most authors, when you talk to them and say, we really want to sell these, so we don't want your picture of your dog on the cover or whatever that you love. You know, we're like, yeah. <laughs> we need to make... And, and then most of the time, they're, they're okay with it. Yeah. Um, I've only had a few times where that's been a problem. But for the most part, of course, the book remains the property of the author. That's the case with any publisher that I know of, unless you get a really horrible contract. We're just kind of, quote, borrowing, unquote, it gotcha. for marketing purposes. And that's what the contract represents, a temporary period where the publisher gets the rights to distribute and sell the work. Hmm, Okay. The author's still making more than anybody else on the project, at least through us. I don't know what other people do. And, um, yeah, so it, their, their input is vital because they're, they're part of the process. Yeah. The, the days of mail your book off to a publisher and then fall asleep aren't anymore. Yeah. Well, they've got to continue selling it. Right. And- Without the author, you can't sell anything. Yeah. That's just not how it is anymore. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, just, you know, Seeing Bob selling his book, and I know Nathan and you know Jason in that, it, it's a constant process. Even Tracy, after all these years with the name that he has, still, you know, he he still shows up and does podcasts, to sell, talk about his books, and still goes to conventions to sell his books. And you know, it's just not easy anymore where you can just say, okay, my name's out there, people will just buy it because there's so many options out there now. 
There were oh, right. blog posts about studying this guy here, Wymore, for, yeah. to learn how to sell. I thought the magnifying glass was a little bit much. Hey, look, <laughs> sometimes there's parts of you that I need a magnifying glass to see. <laughs> Talking about your ego. <laughs> it's small. It's getting smaller. <laughs> incredibly shrinking ego. Yes. So. Nate, you dirty bird. <laughs> I said nothing. The truth- you were thinking it. He knew it. Yeah. The truth is, the, the way the market has changed, you just have to love doing it. Yeah. If you love selling your book and talking to people, um, then you have, you'll have a great time. Yeah. And that's the kind of personality you need. You know, you meet people online, you talk online. If you're social, those are the people who are selling books. And that's, you know, that's... Some people feel like that's a contradiction. Like, they're introverted personality types. That's why they write books. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's not really the case. Any personality type writes or doesn't write. Yeah. I mean, and it's just a fact of you know you can reach people who whatever personality type you are. Yeah. You just have to want to. Well, and right? I know there are some authors that have the introverted personality, but when they go out, they kind of put on the mantle of that of the author, and then they're outgoing. Right. And then they I, check I'm, out. Well, not, I'm not actually me. super introverted. Yeah. Um, and I just have this personality. It's I put it on like a armor. Yeah. Whenever I have to do something. Actually, there's more words than two now. Psychologists now use omnivert and ambivert to describe personality types, and, with which I identify. And how do the how which do, one? How do you how do you explain <laughs> those two? I've never heard of those two. It, am, well, it's I mean like ambidextrous. Uh, sometimes I'm super extroverted, and sometimes you're I just super need introverted. To, yeah, okay. Um, well, that might and, be what I am because I can turn it on and turn it off. My wife just sounds like moody, what you described, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of times I'll, I won't want to talk to somebody, but then something will trigger and I'll, you know, you can't get me to shut up. Um, and it's like that. And like, just what you were saying a minute ago, Bob pulled that trigger a minute ago. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) No, there, there's I mean, there's some authors that I've met that go out and they try and sell their books. Like salesmen try to sell vacuums that they wouldn't buy themselves. And that's not the way to do it. I mean, I guess it works for some people, but. Why more for <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I He's a selling machine. My, this man I, is a selling machine. I don't want to sell books to people that don't want to buy it. Like, I want to sell a book to somebody who's going to like it. You know, I don't want to just sell it to anybody if, if yeah, I. Yeah, you got to have faith that the person is going to like it. Well, yeah. yeah that that, that, that Why goes in just assuming they might not think they're going to like it. Well, but they're going to like well, it. Let's <laughs> say you're at a convention, right? Yeah. Of all the things you're going to take home, the best thing in that room is books. Yeah, of course. I believe I that. I'm not. I'm not making that up. Right. You're gonna have. You're gonna get more time and satisfaction out of it. You're gonna learn more. And although art is pretty on the wall, and yeah. I, you know, yeah. you've only got so many walls, and so I don't feel like I'm selling a product that I have to trick someone into. Yeah. No. I mean, when I go to a convention, the the main things I come home with is a book, books, or art. You know, all the other stuff. Unless it's a lightsaber or a stormtrooper helmet, which that's something else. Yeah, those um, don't worry about I, I really don't go after that stuff. I mean, you know, let's use Comic-Con for an example. There was tons of toys and all sorts of stuff. And a T-shirt. I'll get a T-shirt every now and then. But really, the artwork and the books are what I always go after because I can put the artwork up on the wall and I can, you know, I can enjoy it. Right. And I can enjoy the book. The rest of the stuff, you know, it's going to break. More often than not, it's cheap. It's flimsy. You know, you don't see really high quality swords. But you there. know, sometimes I want really cheap stuff, so <laughs> just for fun. Yeah. So I'm, it's all there. It's yeah. what it's what you like. And I'm not saying I don't love you know toys and cards and mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's just 
the best thing I take home, the things that I most appreciate later are books. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense. So, you know, it, I, I don't feel, I don't feel like I'm tricking somebody when I say this is the best product you're going to take home. Yeah. And in two days, you're going to be glad you have this. You might or might not regret the other purchases. Well, and the, you know, <laughs> kind of going with what Nathan said, you know, who knows? Maybe they don't look like they're going to enjoy it, but they crack that the book open, and they go for the ride, and they end up loving it. You, sure, you never sure. know. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, you know, and, and I write a lot more niche than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got a lot of steep learning curves, and not everybody, you know, wants that. Um, but just my point was that, you know, I someone at a, it was a couple cons ago tried to sell me a book, and I... I almost, it, it kind of sounded interesting, but I didn't want to buy it just because of how much I felt like they were pushing it on me. Yeah. And it's like... Well, th- there's you know, a way to do it without yeah. feeling like they're just cramming it down your throat, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I've seen some that have done that. And yeah, I've had to have a book and me a couple times after oh, I left yeah. the booth. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, how did you get that in there? I mean, I have a big mouth, but that's really... No <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, mouth! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think that just comes from people that don't, don't really trust their what they've written. He they're, said they're throat. Kinda, they're kind of scared. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, and, you know, and, and it can be a myriad of things, you know, personality types or just background experience. Yeah. But um, I don't know. My, my just kind of governing philosophy is I, I try to find the people that, that will love my book rather than try to make people love it. Nice. Sounds, sounds I, good. I find that I just make them love it. <laughs> yeah, hold a gun to their head. <laughs> yeah, well... If it's Whatever a good book, works. readers will love it. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the thing. It's not like, I mean, maybe they don't usually read whatever book it is, but mm-hmm. if it's a good book, I'll like it. I like all kinds of books, so I can't imagine that there's people who are, like, going to hate it. Yeah. No, <laughs> they, I mean, you know? more often than not, the cover is what sparks my interest. And then talking, you know, kind of reading the what it's roughly about or talking to the author about it, that's generally what hooks me into the book, but... Um, yeah, know, I have bought more books based off what like the author has said on panels or whatever. Yeah, than I have reading the back covers. Yeah, because you get to know them; they're interesting, and like, okay, let's see what he, how how they write. So, I've, unfortunately, after doing acquisitions for a while, <coughs> I find so many books come into my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand that, that one. That I don't need to buy very many. Yeah, but I do. You know, I buy ones that I want to own. I, I have that problem. It, it's it's annoying. It's like. Oh, yay. What's this on my front doorstep? Oh, someone else is sending me another book. Yes, I did just buy one today. (laughs) (laughs) But Tracy Hickman was here. It's not like... And you got it autographed. And I got to enter into that contest. Yes. Play Ravenloft. Yes. Awesome. Now you need to work some magic and make that happen. So, so, all right, we're going to throw this out to the universe that, that James Wymore is selected to be part of that. Now, I, yes. I, I'm not hinting to the owners in the store <laughs> to pick your name. I'm just throwing it out to the universe to make it happen. <laughs> it's not a hard sell, but we are putting it out there. <laughs> we are. Because who knows? So uh, for those of you that are listening to the show and don't really know what we're talking about, so uh, Paragon City, uh, which is where we're recording the show at from right now, actually is doing a special Ravenloft game uh, that is going to be DM'd by Tracy Hickman, and you can uh, Tracy Hickman. I, I mean, he he pretty much created the Ravenloft. Tracy. Yeah, no, he did him, yeah. him and Laura. Yeah, Tracy freaking Hickman. Yeah, so <laughs> this the creator will be running you through the halls of death and destruction with vampires, werewolves, skeletons, and everything else creepy and that goes bump in the night. 
And uh, yes, you must enter. I hope that'll be my next death. And, may- yes. and maybe other uh, other authors might be there, right? <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> might be some other authors. <laughs> exactly. And if I remember right, all tickets or entries have to be purchased before the end of September. So you have literally days left to uh, to parti- be able to participate in this. So if you're listening, run. <laughs> run to Paragon City and get your entry. And, yeah, and you can get some cool swag, too. Which is not too bad. But, um... Okay, so we're almost out of time. But real quickly, um... How do they find you? How do they find you? Uh, www.immortal-works.com All right. Submissions are open right now. Yes. Also an anthology. Oh, that's right. Uh, The anthology, real quickly. Mythology anthology. Yes. I'm specifically looking for, um... Not modernizations, but retellings of, um kind of classic myth but but uh more obscure you're wanting uh, more obscure stuff more, yeah I mean, not the, know, the not, normal not just, classic greek, greek that we always see yeah i'm looking for you know hindu mythology uh, chinese mythology celtic uh some slavic mythology would be awesome so actual retellings with actual characters you know writing style and, and that some is, native is american that would be uh, awesome some native yeah, american yeah, mythologies absolutely. that'd be sweet so okay. i won a game with that once yeah very nice. Long story. We don't have time. Okay, so uh, with that said, we're going to uh, bid adieu and take off, and we'll catch you next time. And with that said, that's a wrap. So please check out Immortal Works Press. I'm pretty sure you're going to find that it is something completely different than what you're used to. Uh, great guys. They've got a great strategy. And what's really cool is you're really going to see some amazing stuff coming out um, in the near future from these guys. So, again, check out Immortal Works Press. Uh, If you're interested, check out Jason King and James Wymore. Um, They've got some great books out there already that you can jump into. Uh, Jason King's Valkoria or Laura Fools are great uh, books to jump into and start, as well as Actuator for James Wymore and... I apologize, I'm blitzing on his other his, his other books, but definitely check those two authors out. Check out Immortal Works. And please, 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 like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and check out our new shows, which are, comes out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And fo- you know, check out Facebook. That's where a lot of our content's going to come out. And we really definitely want to hear back from you guys. We love hearing from our listeners, and we want to find out what you, what types of shows you want to hear, what type of content you want us to bring on, and who out there, author, TV celebrity, movie celebrity, um, game designer that you want us to bring in to talk to so that you can hear about the things that you love. And not only that, we're even going to open this up so that you guys, the listeners, can send in questions for us to ask. So as always, check it you know, Follow us there on Facebook and Twitter. Email us at info at dentalcrawlersradio.com if you want to do it that way. And please, please, please have fun. Get more from your games, and we'll see you next time.